Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I may sound a little tired, but I am Ken Napsack. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and I'm also tired, but excited to be here and tired with everybody. And I'm Jennifer Landa, and I too am tired, <laughs> but I am happy to be here. 
It is, it is. This is our Four Setter News Show. A look at all the breaking news from a long time ago in a galaxy very near Anaheim. We're going to look back at Star Wars Celebration with some of the big stories, and we'll talk about some of the uh, other individual episodes we're going to do this week. Uh, before we get to it, and we have a lot to get to and a lot to catch up on, we always want to remind you today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. But let's get to Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 2022. A wonderful, large, multi-day endurance test. And we <laughs> survived. So Joseph is here. Jennifer's here. I'm here. Jennifer, we got to start with you. How was your celebration? We we you were so busy working that uh, we 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 tried to all uh, catch up for a bite to eat. It just didn't work out, so it's a mystery. How was your How was your celebration? I know I had wanted to meet up. I had even suggested to meet up, and then I canceled. It was terrible. I felt terrible. Um, <laughs> yes, that's what Joseph and I thought. Terrible, terrible, uh, terrible. Um, yeah, it was. It was really just a wonderful tornado of an experience. Um, it, one of the the things that I noticed about this celebration is that people not only had worked on their cosplays for years because they had had time, right, with COVID mm-hmm. and everything, um, was that everyone was just so happy to be back together again. I kept hearing that, oh, I got to see my friend. It's been great to be around around my, my buddies again. We haven't seen each other since the last celebration. Um, there just was so much excitement and enthusiasm and positivity. And that was really, it really felt like a, an extra special celebration this year. Yeah, that, that is absolutely a good way to describe it. Extra special, more about the community. Yes, the news and all that kind of stuff that we're here to talk about today, but that kind of was it. Um, Joseph, uh, you and I, as you uh, you excellently joked at one point, uh, you and I became a we this weekend. Um, <laughs> traveling together, uh, hotel. We did have uh, separate hotel rooms, which is great because I could just put my socks anywhere on the floor and not feel I'm impinging on anyone. But um, uh, so I, I think I know how your celebration went, Joseph, but let the fortune of. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was a great balance of lots of things. There was that sort of uh, just convention overwhelm where there are too many things to do. Uh, I, I think there is such great demand for all the fun things to do. There's a lot of the, you know, you, you go on the app or on Twitter and, you know, there'll be the, a, a new thing. Come check it out. And then it, it's all excited. And like, do you want to buy this? And I'm like, yeah. And like, well, sign up at 9 a.m. for a digital mm. thing to line up for a physical thing to be in the standby. So <laughs> there was for me, there was that uh, this great tension of like, uh, everywhere there was something I wanted. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. There was a, you know, news to hear about. Uh, there was a merch to buy. There were, uh, people that I wanted to hang out with. There were, um, cosplayers that like, there's some that like, I desperately want a photo of that cosplay, but I can see in their walk and in their eyes, that person needs a taco and I should leave them alone now. <laughs> so it's this great balance of like, in abundance of joy, like too mm. much joy in a way, not too much, but a yeah. joy to the point where you have to choose. Uh, and that was a really fun way. Like it, it is a celebration. It was like a party where there were uh, too many things to do, too many people to see. Uh, and I just uh, choosing to be joyful for all the things that I did get to see and do, um, including watching Kenobi in the hotel room, uh, spending a lot of time on the floor. Uh, for me, just that that 
childlike joy of there are a bunch of action figures all in one room mm. <laughs> is one of my very, very favorite parts of celebration. And uh, the the listeners to Force Center and people who know us from other things, uh, you know, coming up to us to tell us their we had a lot of people who who said nice things about the podcast, but the thing that was extra joyful for me is people telling us like what episode they started listening on or when they started listening or what episode landed with them or helped them think through something in their life. So I think mm. ultimately at the end of the day, hearing those things from listeners is maybe one of my favorite things of the whole celebration. Mm, absolutely. Uh, uh, I want to come back to that here, but, but, but Jenna, I want to go back to you too here. I know we can't really talk about some of the cool things you were, you were doing. Um, but you, uh, you would, you would not uh, gone to Chicago, um, working on another project back then. Uh, yeah, right. Um, how was it get to get back and outside of the work, just the people, the vibe, and any specific memories you have about people chatting with you? Oh my gosh, it, it felt. Oh, it just reminded me why I love the Star Wars community so much. There, everyone is nice. You can chat with anyone. Everyone's so friendly. Um, like I said, getting to chat with some of the cosplayers and, and learning about their process was just thrilling. And some of you all who listened to the show said hello to me. And it honestly, it, it really touched me. Um, thank you so much for your kind words. You know, we're here, we're, we're chatting and and we don't, I don't ever really see anybody outside of taking my daughters to school. So it's just right, like, right. oh, it just really, it, it keeps me going, knowing how much you all enjoy listening to, to our show. It just, it really was heartwarming. And, and that was a wonderful reminder for me is that I'm always online doing things, but we are, we are real people and, you know, you can have these fun interactions in person. Um, mm -hmm. And I haven't been social for a long time. So I felt a little awkward at times because I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh, I haven't been around this many people in, in years. Right. But it's, it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm so happy that, that we're back. We're back to that. Back to that. Indeed. Yeah. And, and I want to echo what Joseph was saying too. I, I mean, we're fortunate enough to all of us be in, in a line of work that occasionally puts us in front of people who are familiar with us or something like that. And so it's always fun and it's been fun in the past. And, and I don't want to diminish anyone coming up to us in any other convention, but like just said, there was something, uh, some kind of specific about this one, uh, about, uh, what's gone on since 2019 and quite frankly, mm -hmm. since 2017. And just to hear from some folks, uh, that have been, you know, absolutely, um, you know, they're part of the community and they said a lot of nice things about what we help, uh, help them with uh, not just Star Wars, but just a, a place for a good community, place for positive uh, uh, deep dives in, into all of it and, and all that stuff that we always talk about here. But it just, yeah, it was particularly uh, great to have some wonderful interactions um, with uh, with folks. And, you know, uh, Jonas Berger now coming up from uh, uh, Sweden, uh, meeting him finally in person and getting him to kind of, uh, you know, he got to experience uh, Star Wars Celebration and, and shares uh, what the show means to us. Uh, uh, just when I ran into... Um, uh, Eric Ramsher, uh, right? Uh, we were joking about his last name, Joseph, right? <laughs> yeah, no, he was son. super friendly. He was with his son. And in particular, I have always assumed because his name is spelled with an E-U-R that it was French. So I've already always tortured myself by saying when he sends in a question, Eric Ramsier. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> that, I, he's like, I love it, but it's Ramsher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was his son's like 14th birthday weekend, and he let us hold his Mace Windu lightsaber and just to share, you know, <laughs> oh, uh, with us. It was, it was, um, you know, over and over and over, and it wasn't just about, yeah, these are Force Center fans. It was truly 
we're only, this community is only as good as uh, those listening make it, you know, we, mm-hmm. we, we're, we're just here on this small part of it. And I think time and time again, we, we, we were able to really uh, see the faces of, of folks that uh, um, are, are, are make this force in our community uh, what it is. So that was, that was my big, uh, big, big fun memory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think th- so many great things that listeners said, but I think just to echo what you said, Ken, I think the theme that so many of them said, hey, the positivity does make a difference. And with a real knowledge that we're in this uh, space where, uh, you know, doing something nasty or challenging in putting that in your your headline will we'll get more clicks, right? That yeah. we're in, everybody was so cognizant of the fact that we are in a Yoda on Luke's back moment of the dark side is quicker, easier, more seductive. And people really seeing like you, you know, your podcast is making an effort to invest in the light side and people saying it's worth it. It's working Mm. is and and everybody coming up, uh, not everybody, several people coming up with that thesis statement of this is why we want to compliment you. It it made it feel like a celebration of Star Wars and the ideals in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The ideals, the ideals indeed. Uh, and we talked, uh, had a great time on Alex and Molly's Star Wars Explained uh, podcast at the podcast stage. Thanks for those who came out Thursday, packed house, a lot of fun. Um, obviously, uh, Alex and Molly, the big draw there, but uh, it was great to meet a lot of fans there too. But uh, yeah, we got to talk about that. Uh, I think it was Tyler in the crowd asked a great question about uh, podcast and podcast economy and communities and buildings. So uh, that was, uh, that was the theme running through. Um, and also a lot of, a lot of fun stuff, uh, you know, and, and Jennifer, you were, you were working so hard, Joseph and I, you know, we, we had an interesting Thursday morning, um, <laughs> a comedy of airs, like a sitcom to try uh, to get into the big showcase panel and then, and then failing to get in <laughs> quite frankly, uh, the last two or, or, or I think it was uh, someone in front of us and then us in, in the standby line. And then they came and cut it off. <laughs> One of those kind of comedy oh. airs, but to be able to just realize we are here for more than this. We're more here here for more than the access and the news. We're here for just the experience, and that uh, we we uh, our, our minds and 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 broken souls were, t- were turned around by by the time we we sat on Alex and Molly's podcast stage. Um, and we want to thank all of you for making that uh, making that happen. Uh, your your great great vibe. So that was awesome. Yeah, a great exercise in uh, letting go and choosing the light. And we were rewarded with a great weekend uh, with lots of uh, cool uh, Star Wars experiences. Mm-hmm. It was, it was indeed. Um, and we do want to, before we get into the news proper, um, uh, and uh, both of you jump in if there's anything else you want to talk about celebration after this, but I want to set a little bit of, of programming, doing the big news wrap up today. But we are uh, going to, uh, Joseph and I uh, are going to dive into Andor and the Bad Batch trailers later this week. Uh, we thought about doing some recording, more recording down there than we did, but you know, you get caught up in the fun and do you want to run back to your hotel room and do you break down there or do you want to celebrate Star Wars and get back? So we're going to look a little uh, deeper at those wonderful trailers. We're going to talk about them a little bit today, especially when we get Jennifer's thoughts. Uh, so that and then the uh, Kenobi report, the Obi-Wan Kenobi report will be back and that will be uh, midday to late afternoon, uh, Wednesday, depending on your time zone. Uh, and we'll get back into a normal recording schedule as our feet uh, go from, uh, uh, you know, uh, sore, <laughs> sore, bruised uh, feet to uh, normal feet again. We'll get back into it. <laughs> there you go. So any, any final thoughts, Jennifer? I definitely wanna, don't want to cut off any of your adventures uh, uh, if there was anything uh, we still want to talk about with you. No, no, I just, uh, I, yeah, I can't wait to share more of what I was doing later this week. Um, yeah. And, and next week, maybe we can share a few, a few highlights from that. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> it's gotta be yeah. fun. 
Well, let's try to jump into the news. Let's try. There's so much, as <laughs> as expected. Um, and we can talk, so also talk about, uh, uh, you know, an omission in a way. I don't, I don't think it's an omission in a, saying that in a snarky negative way, but not a lot about the, the film side. But that was mm. kind of expected going in there. So uh, I think uh, we're going to start here with the Mando Plus panel, which we're jumping to Saturday. And then we'll jump back to Thursday. We're going to jump around a bit. Uh, but this was a fun, uh, Joseph and I were fortunate enough to experience this one with the wonderful Ash Cross and uh, moderating this panel. It was a lot of fun, but some cool things come out, uh, came out of that, including some things we want to focus on that, that weren't necessarily the headlines of this panel. Um, so any, any panel highlights for us, Joseph, uh, uh, definitely uh, we'll start with you here. Uh, got to sit next to you on this one here, but anything <laughs> that stood out to you? Yeah, no, there are a couple like just really fun details of like it's fun to be in the room when something interesting or funny happens or charming with the the cast because uh, mm-hmm. so much of these panels are, are building up to, you know, a trailer that, that we got to play right. or maybe a news reveal. Uh, but a lot of it is, you know, so well led by Ash Cross and just like the charm of the actors, um, for example example uh timuera uh morrison coming out to the boba fett theme and uh, uh apparently spontaneously just doing a very incredible dance that left him a uh, truly breathless by the time he got uh i, I really he he's been charming all weekend he was amazing on the attack of the clones 20th anniversary panel which was really special to go to yeah, uh, yeah. since i've loved that movie for 20 years and and i have had a hard time finding other people who love it as much as me so to be in a room full of thousands of people who love it uh anyway to get back to the mando uh plus panel i'm just i was just really charmed by tim all weekend where he's like it felt like he's heard yeah i understand anthony daniels is really good at just grabbing the spotlight at these things (laughs) we'll see about that anthony daniels i'm gonna one-up you um the chopper droid rolling out in real life uh, with its uh, actual wobbly head, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, making it look like a little tipsy, like it was going to fall off the stage, which is perfect chopper. Um, so those those are fun details that jumped to my mind. And then I thought what was really interesting about the panel is without giving it a little a lot of um, uh, uh, fanfare, there were a lot of details that were really about the process and the behind the scenes and the spirit. Um mm-hmm. Uh, in in particular that Favreau started by by saying like we wanted to start with an intimate story uh, of this one person and this connection he makes with a child and we always meant for it to explode out into this wider galaxy that would introduce new characters and and connect him with uh, big characters of legacy Um, so Favreau just kind of saying from the get-go that was always our intent start intimate and go big (laughs) Uh, was big the acknowledgement of Brendan uh, Wayne and Latif Crowder and, and mm-hmm. celebrating them as here. Here's the three main people who are the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, highlighting the addition of Rick Famuyiwa is an executive producer. Uh, Filoni very gently addressing uh, the casting of animated characters in live action, um, mm. and and without really going, hey everybody, I'm going to tell you why I I didn't why we didn't cast the voice actors. He didn't mm-hmm. say that, but he was very gently addressing that spirit. So I thought it was it wasn't like any sort of defensive pushback on, on any controversies, but it was this very gentle, kind exploration of, of who is being included and why. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, echoing that as well. Um, and, and he, and, and the tales of Jedi panel, which we uh, didn't attend as well. Cause we were at the four center meetup. Uh, he seemed to dress like the other side of it. Of I haven't forsaken animation. <laughs> I haven't forsaken those people in animation. So that was kind of a running theme with him there. 
And I'm with you too. There was that hi- the highlight of the the Brennan Wayne and Latif Crowder thing really actually kind of moved me in a way. I, I was maybe unreasonably grumpy around 2019, where I was like, "There's other people in there. Why are they acting like Pedro Pascal's the only one?" Ah! I mm. for some reason found myself a little more fascinated with that than maybe I should have been, because um, it was more than just stunt performers. It was people putting together this character, and and, and I just really love that they here we are a couple years later in the next celebration going, Hey, this is definitely a, a, a three headed, uh, three headed din <laughs> and all these uh, fine creative people come together to put it, uh, to, to make it so memorable. So that, that was a big highlight for me too. Yeah. It was an absolute sort of setting aside of, of ego or like trying to, you know, hide the magic, you know, and control mm-hmm. the narrative that Pedro Pascal is the Mandalorian. And like, obviously in the behind the scenes things they've released, we've met Brendan Wayne, we, Latif Crowder, yeah. and we've, we've seen them, but to bring them out on this stage, Mm-hmm. And for Pedro Pascal to be like, we're all the Mandalorian is this, it's this great, wonderful Star Wars spirit. And then the, the they have brought out an animated Grogu and, you know, uh, mm. been people are like, Hey Pedro. And he's like, no, all three of us. And, you know, Dave Filoni made this joke of like, yeah, bring over my three space dads. <laughs> you know, there's this real sense of not just acknowledgement, but celebration that these, they've all contributed to making this character we love. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Jen, uh, I'll get your thoughts here. There's another big thing I want to discuss too that I, before I forget, I, I forgot to put in my notes uh, of what I was particularly moved in. But any anything, I know you you probably were watching uh, from afar at this point. But anything um, that you, you enjoyed particularly? Yeah, I mean, I this is a panel that I'm sad that I missed on the on the was it live streamed? I'm not sure. Uh, most of the big ones weren't, which was part of our Thursday grumpiness. But <laughs> that's right. another. Yeah, so I only read uh, mm-hmm. about the, some of the highlights. I obviously saw a few clips. I saw some photos mm-hmm. of the great Ash uh, hosting this incredible panel. And I think what really has struck me in general, because I did see Rosario Dawson and uh, Natasha Lou Bordezo, mm-hmm. um speaking on the celebration stage with Andy Gutierrez. Mm-hmm. And what really has struck me is that this, the Mandoverse, so to speak, is Dave and John have so much love for Star Wars. They have so much love for the fans. Um, I think it was Rosario Dawson said that every day they talk about the fans, the fans. This is what the fans want. This We need to think about the fans. Like this is not, it's not just that they're like, oh, we need to cater to them. It's because they're fans themselves. Mm-hmm. And as a result, that translates to the rest of their cast. There is a real um, love um, and also like respect, I guess, that 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 there seems to be happening between uh, these creators and the stars and the fans, which is in my opinion, kind of unusual. You don't get that in every fandom. Um, But I I think it will obviously translate into the work as well, just seeing their excitement and their passion um, and yeah, just how inclusive they are and bringing the, the physical stunt performers um, uh, along, I think is so important. And again, it's not something that you see oftentimes actors or like, no, I did all my stunts. And then the stunt performer is back there like, yeah, well, I did most of it, you know. So this that, that was very special. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, I have nothing but just true admiration for for these uh, creators and, and uh, actors and performers. Yeah, yeah. And, and Dave Dave Filoni himself, I heard, I heard on the like Tales of the Jedi panel, he made, made sure, uh, and I think maybe you know the Bad Batch, just made sure people uh, saw and, and heard the names of, of – um, like Athena Portillo and Jennifer Corbett and Carrie Beck, mm-hmm. um, uh, the people, and uh, in this case specifically the, the women behind a lot of these big shows, and, and I think along with the, the stunt performers coming out, there was a little bit of a, a good, uh, you know, good hearted mission behind that uh, of just like these are all the names, and 
And I respect that. We always make jokes about the man of the cowboy hat and uh, he's the anointed one by a lot of people, and, you know, which we totally get and we actually understand and respect that passion. But I like that he himself, it, it makes efforts to be like, I'm not the only one, mm. not the only one. And, and that's right. always good. In fact, he, and, and the, the Thursday showcase him doing the, uh, the, the kind of pulling Kathy back and, 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 and talking about how she's uh, the best producer he's ever worked for. And this is all happens because of her. I, 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 the, wow. that stuff was seen yeah. <laughs> by, and heard. Uh, and one thing I want to talk about here too, where Joseph and I were sitting, um, very fortunate again to get in and uh, be down in the media area. There was a, a lot of uh, great, uh, you know, media coverage, uh, people covering it around us. Uh, the, the, obviously the media coverage is strong, but the people around us, um, it certainly want to sign uh, age groups, but there's generally younger, generally, uh, you know, females and, and they love the Mando. They were excited when the rebel stuff uh, emerged, the Soka stuff, everything, we'll talk a little more specifically the passion that erupted uh, around that it just blew me away. Not surprised, but just to see it in front of me of what rebels has done for star Wars mm-hmm. and those characters, Sabine and Hera and Ahsoka coming back and all this stuff. It is, um, we already, we already knew about it. We already kind of had a healthy understanding and appreciation of it, but to be around a section that just was like, love Mando rebels is my life. Oh, that really kind of moved me in a way. I love that. We love entry points here in star Wars. And I know you, uh, Joseph, you probably felt that energy too. Uh, we were around that, surrounded by that. Absolutely, I, I think there's a bunch of great things in that in that brief Ahsoka footage that we will definitely talk about. But it felt like uh, this was a moment of Filoni entirely understanding the fan base and understanding that um, hints had been laid in the storytelling. You know, rumors and, and things have been burbling of like, is this you know the uh, Ahsoka and Sabine search for Ezra story and it, are other Rebels characters showing up? And it felt like almost these this entire Ahsoka presentation was like. Here is hardcore confirmation. <laughs> yes, this is Ahsoka and the Rebels of the television show Rebels. And that did feel like just so, so uh, welcomed. It reminded me like this, it, it, the much shortened version of what people who grew up with the original trilogy uh, went through when like those Force Awakens trailers came out with like the chewy I'm home vibe or, yeah. you know, yeah. it's true, all of it that, that we've talked about on the podcast so much or the, the power mm-hmm. of those things where it felt like those uh, trailers and those moments were constructed to say y- you've been longing for and wondering if the, uh, you know, original uh, mm. trilogy main characters could ever come back and what would that be like? You haven't been wrong to, to wait and wonder all these years. And with Rebels, you know, being only, what, like eight years old, something like that. Uh, Such an entry point. But then people loved that family and they dispersed. And then it's like, is the family ever going to come back together again? Is anybody ever going to go look for our Ezra? You know, it felt like that emotion. It isn't like, I like Rebels. It's like, I need Ezra to come home. (laughs) And I need Sabine to look for him. And I need to know Hera's doing okay being a single parent. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) You know, and it felt like that. Like, I need to know my family is okay. Which is a different feeling than, I love that show and they're bringing it back. It's the deeper core of Star Wars that people were screaming for. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Jen, you're you're in the middle of your Rebels rewatch too. So you, you, you might be feeling that energy yourself now. Oh man, I I love Rebels. I love Rebels so much. I saw Chopper on the floor, a, a, just a droid builder who had brought their Chopper, and I squealed 
with delight. Uh, <laughs> and it was like, I saw so many Sabines. Um, I too, I'm like, what is happening with my family? Uh, we'll talk more about the little, the little snippet that we saw. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Because it's, it's just, it's not just about the characters. It's also about the story. And, and I think fans want to, we want answers, right? <laughs> we want to know what is happening <laughs> and they're hopefully going to share that with us. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's get into some of these panel highlights here. We got to do have some uh, news that came out of this. We'll start with the overall big one. The Mando 3, uh, Season 3 of The Mandalorian, is coming in February 2023. Not a surprise, but good to get that answer. A lot of Star Wars coming your way from, well, Kenobi now until then and beyond. Uh, any thoughts about uh, having to wait a couple extra months, Joseph, for us to figure out what's going to happen in the Mando world? Yeah, I mean, my knee-jerk reaction is that trailer is so great, we're going to talk about it, uh, and like, but I, uh, but I want this now. And then immediately I'm like, actually, <laughs> yeah. I'm great. I'm great. It, I, I, I want it now in the same way that sometimes when I've had a huge pasta dinner, I want cherry pie immediately. Like, you want it, mm -hmm. but you won't actually enjoy it right now <laughs> Yeah, because you're yeah. full. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think with Kenobi, we're in the throes of something wonderful right now uh, and or coming so quickly after it, Bad Batch uh, uh, season two. I'm very happy to let all of that breathe and then let mm -hmm. Mando three, you know, especially as it seems to be growing in scale, yeah. be, ha have plenty of its own space and have us as fans be able to really uh, put all of our focus and, uh, and attention into it. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, there's so there's so much wonderful things coming between now and then. Um, I, I, I can uh, force myself to wait, I guess that's what the way to say it. Because we were talking about that trailer. There's some stuff in there. I'm like, wow, give it to me now. Uh, but uh, we'll wait there. Jen, uh, your thoughts on uh, um, stretching out Mando just a little bit? I know. I was shocked. And I thought, oh, no, I can't wait. And like you said, mm. Joseph, I'm like, oh, actually, yes, I can. We are <laughs> <clears throat> in the middle of Kenobi. Andor is coming soon. Um, that will tie us over for a little bit. And then we'll let our food settle and then we'll get back into it. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, it, it it makes sense, even though it's hard. It's hard to wait. But at the same time, we did get that episode in the Book of Boba Fett. So that will that was like our little appetizer to hold us over. I, I think now that the this first trailer came out for the people in, in the panel and, you know, I'm sure it's out there leaked and being uh, pulled down. Right. <laughs> I'm right. sure that's ex what's happening right now is uh, postings and pullings as, as we speak. Uh, yeah. It will come out, obviously, more uh, more trailers. But I think seeing it uh, really made me extremely happy for the storytelling that we had in Book of Boba Fett, those, those episodes with Din and Grogu, because it's really got season three set up to just I think it would be harder to wait if the question was still like, is Grogu going to be in this? Are they going to come back together? Mm, right. Having that resolved and just having it be this forward movement towards uh, mm. what's the future of Mandalore? It, that's so the absolute forward movement of that trailer, mm -hmm. which we'll talk about. But that makes the, e the, the wait easier. Yes. I, yeah, I think that's a great point. Great point. Bigger things to worry about than we'll... Din and Grogu get back together, which was pretty big to worry about. So. <laughs> it was. One of the things that was uh, revealed in the show, uh, in the panel, and something that we absolutely love here at Force Center is that uh, the wonderful Rick Famiglia, who was on the panel, um, is on board as an executive producer, which means uh, I'm sure we'll see him uh, directing as well, but he is part of uh, the leadership of this show, an executive producer in charge of uh, a lot of things uh, that'll be uh, coming our way, including going on to season four, because Favreau's already saying he's uh, putting pen to paper on that one there. So uh, Jennifer, uh, you know, the director of Dope made quite an impression on all of us from Amanda chapter 
two, uh, and also uh, the other episode, uh, chapter six in season one, right? Yep, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and and beyond. So, uh, Jennifer, your thoughts on on him to, uh, getting a little bit of a title promotion here in Mando? Yeah, I like it. I mean, he like you said, he directed and wrote some of uh, some of our favorite episodes from The Mandalorian. So I think it makes sense. Um, they're going to have to start start having more people on board. Obviously, Deborah Chow's busy was busy with Obi Wan, um, and Dave Filoni's busy with Ahsoka. So it just makes sense since he's been a part of this project since the beginning. He knows what the tone is. He knows who the characters are. Um, and so yeah, and I, I believe he was also an executive producer. He may still be an executive producer on The Shy. The, mm. I think so. Anyways, um, so yeah, I'm I'm glad. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what what uh, what he rings. Absolutely, from the get go, chapter two set that uh, set that tone and, and that tone poem feel that uh, we really <laughs> love here at Forest Center, mm-hmm. uh, and clearly Favreau does as well. Joseph, this was uh, everyone was very happy by the way, but I think you and I were, were clapping really hard during this time. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I had some weird cheers moments this uh, weekend where I, <laughs> yeah. I, I wooed. I, I, I love being in those panels because I, I feel permission to woo. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> to actually yell. And I actually yelled for this news because to me, I think this is one of the really impactful things because his voice and his perspective is going to be, uh, you know, more imprinted on this uh, third season. It's a really big piece of news. It sounds like just a title, but it's it's not. Mm-hmm. It's creative mm-hmm. input. Uh, so the a couple things that that thrilled me about it, you know, he he did the child, he did the prisoner in season two, he did the believer, and mm-hmm. I think what really connects a lot of those is there's great action, you know, in, in behind the scenes they talk a lot about how how involved he was in wanting to create really cool action scenes, like he loves Star Wars on that it's fun pulp adventure level. How can we make this cool? Mm-hmm. Uh, but almost all the episodes have a, a, a depth of morality and in particular uh, issues of morality of violence. What is the morality of violence? You know, when do you act uh, violently in service of who? Uh, what does it do to you as a person? That's all going on in all of his episodes. It's it's in all of Mandalorian, but these are three episodes that kind of dive deeper into that. And that seems so perfect for this uh, third season, which seems to be going on this grander scale in this question of what is going to happen to Mandalore the planet, but also Mandalore the people in the thing that they're wrestling with is back to, you know, Duchess Satine. Mm. Are we a people of violence? Is that who we are? Does that define us? And if so, where, where and when should that violence be directed? Mm. Uh, And he just seems like the episodes he's already done. That seems like that's the kind of deep ideas that he is interested in. And it seems to me that's a big thematic idea of the third season. Uh, so mm. it, it makes a lot of sense to me. He made a great joke about, uh, you know, that John Favreau saw his film Dope and thought that was a Star Wars movie. Um, <laughs> and if anybody hasn't seen Dope, I watched it just because of his involvement in Mandalorian. And it's it's a very, you know, adult film. You know, there's there's drugs, there's sexual situations, there's adult humor, all that. But it's a coming of age story. So mm-hmm. it's one of those great movies where like the beating heart of this is Star Wars. The surface is very, very different because it's set in the real world and adult mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, but the heart is Star Wars. Um, so I'm excited that John Favreau saw that, brought him in, and that the Mandoverse is becoming a um, a place to see who who fits and who, who wants to be at Lucasfilm and who does Lucasfilm want to be there. And this is just, I think, the first the second maybe with Deborah Chow uh, of all these people who are going to graduate to bigger and better things. Mm. Yeah. Well said, uh, Jennifer. Uh, 
So yes. good news for you, yeah? Yeah, very good news. And I double-checked, yes, he he is and was an executive producer on yeah. The Shy, uh, which was a Showtime show. It is a Showtime show created by Lena Waithe. Um, yeah. so, and he actually directed that pilot as well. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to hit the ground running and, oh man, I just, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I, uh, I love, um, I just love hearing him talk Star Wars. It's just, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe that should be the inter- interview process. Again, you know, we make jokes about Tony Gilroy kind of being like, what's Star Wars? I don't know. I'm writing my thing. Uh, set in this galaxy and I, I and it's we'll talk about the Andor trailer I think that's working but I love hearing him his own stories uh, similar to Leslie Hedlund just the way she talks about Star Wars the way he talks about Star Wars and what it means to him and what you can get out of it is is pretty valuable so I'm, I'm excited to see that and, and again I'm pretty sure we'll see him behind uh, the director's uh, chair or sitting on the director's chair uh, in the middle of the volume as well the show is clearly growing in scale Joseph you mentioned that uh, and all roads lead to Mandalore it looks like at least in this season though i'm sure we'll be beyond uh jennifer i uh, gotta be you probably didn't see the trailer right i don't remember what is it out there in the public and what is not out there i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> thank you reddit because everywhere <laughs> i turned it, like you're saying it was pulled down uh real quick mm-hmm. so but i did find somebody had recorded it i could only mm-hmm. see half of the screen so oh, <laughs> i could not see what the bottom half was <laughs> uh but i was excited very yeah. excited. Do we want to dive into it? Yeah, let's dive yeah. into it. I want to start with your excitement. What's pulling you in here? We can, we can overall describe it uh, as we go along for those who, who didn't uh, get the chance to see it or did not go into the wilds of Reddit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, was there a tree full of quacking monkey lizards? Did I see that right? Uh, <laughs> Lord, yes. Oh, yes. my. I was like, what? In their natural <laughs> habitat? Incredible. Um, uh, but I, I just want to interject real quickly. I was yeah. uh, lucky to be sitting in between Ken and uh, and our friend uh, Mark Ellis. And this was the thing that blew Mark Ellis's mind. Uh, like <laughs> He made a loud noise and we grabbed one another's thighs in the thrill of scene. <laughs> Quacking monkey litters, li- lizards just thriving in a tree. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. This is yeah. why, this is why I love this this Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So Nav- Navarro's grown up. You know, they're not they're not eating <laughs> these animals anymore. They're letting them live in the trees. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you know, I was I'm really intrigued by this idea. And this is why the Book of Boba Fett episode was so important. Is we're getting right into the story um, and the idea of Mando feeling shunned. Losing his family, essentially, um, and seeking redemption. Um, And, you know, what is that going to be for him now that he's kind of had his identity stripped away from him? How is he going to rebuild? What is that journey going to be like? I mean, he now has Grogu, but um, he's putting the pieces together. And then lastly, Bo-Katan. Holy moly. I'm like, is is she the antagonist? Like what, what is going on? All I know is I'm thrilled that Katie Sackhoff, who I love, and she's a fantastic actress, they are giving her a good storyline. And I I can't wait to see what kind of that, what the conflict is between her and uh, Mando, how that plays out. Yeah, just yeah. the image uh, we had we had heard coming out of the showcase panel Thursday, which we had, we had not seen the footage, and we just had we literally off off mic, you know, uh, before we got to the podcast stage, it was like Alex Molly, describe what you saw, uh, and and just uh, the, the image of Bo Katan on a throne, uh, mm-hmm. not unlike uh, her sisters, uh, in a new location, uh, you know, a place we not Mandalore, and rain on the windows, and and her just leaning over on her helmet. Uh, Looking angry, uh, looking uh, determined, mm-hmm. um, uh, 
looking more maybe, you know, sure of herself as she pushes forward uh, against those who are against her, i.e. I, the armor, who we know we're going to get a lot more of, too, as well. That was one of my favorite reveals in the trailer was just that Bo-Katan on the throne. You know? mm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead, Ken. No, no, I was going to say anything. Uh, well, the big, the, the final shot, for those who didn't, uh, you know, maybe we'll just put that on the table now. Uh, N1 Starfighter in the clouds, come out of the clouds, and they you just see Mandalore destroyed, the shell of uh, the uh, capital city there. Uh, ooh, that was probably uh, the shot of the shot of the trailer, if not the weekend, I thought. Yeah, I think it's a gauntlet fighter. I think it's a Mandalorian oh, gauntlet fighter. Ga- yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, was, I'll have to I'll have to scrub Reddit. Uh, you, you could be right, but um, yeah, there's some great great shots of the N1 in a much larger space battle. Like everything everything mm-hmm. about it did seem like uh, uh, show them the money on the screen, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that it's a big enough success that just like uh, lots of shots of many many Mandalorians, you know, uh, fighting, uh, you know, falling out of a or jumping out of a, a dropship. Um, the the scale of it looked really really. Uh, big, uh, which was great. Um, yeah, some of the details, the the Kowakian monkey lizards in a tree <laughs> uh, yeah. that did speak to a more prosperous Navarro. Grief Karga has new robes and it looks like he can a- afford even uh, like more expensive and larger robes. Like by season five, he's just going to be absolutely <laughs> suffocating in a massive robe. Uh, there's a quick shot of what appears to be Babu Frick in more of uh, his people and Zelens, which is Great to see some of those uh, sequel characters and sequel uh, era connections. Uh, there's a quick shot of the comedian Tim Meadows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which assures to us that the the casting philosophy of uh, Mandalorian is surprise them with older comedians <laughs> <laughs> is yep. absolutely going to stay alive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just love, did you make John Favreau laugh in 1995? Get in here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, really looking to forward to Dana Carvey's appearance yeah. in oh The Mandalorian. Oh, uh, I love that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I got a chance uh, with an old public radio show uh, that I worked with. It was a comedy variety show uh, where uh, uh, Tim Meadows was the guest, and I was asked to do most of the writing for Tim Meadows. And he, he was a great guy and very funny uh, to oh, work wow. with. So I'm, I, and I've been a big fan of him for a long time. So excited to see him there. Yeah, and then almost everything else. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ken. No, no, I was just saying yes, absolutely. Love to. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think almost everything else, details wise, was about the the absolute Mandalore centric nature of this. The the Bo-Katan's throne room that we we all kind of joked uh, over the weekend. It really did look like when you move apartments to mm-hmm. even a new city, but you just rebuild your apartment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that you used to have. You put everything in the exact same place. It's like her, her uh, Mandalorian thrown away from Mandalore. We see the armor on the move. Uh, it, she's uh, uh, attacking uh, in Athorian, you know, it's, yeah. so, but it's out interesting to see her out and about. It didn't look like her defending a covert. It looked like her out on a mission, um, which is different. Uh, there is a shot of a, of a little Mandalorian helmet. Um, did not have yes, visible yes. ear holes, but it invited yes. it invited the possibility that the armor is like, hey, I know, Dan, I know you're traveling around um, mm. trying to find your redemption. Good luck with that. You're not a Mandalorian now. But if right. you're going to go around saying you're a cult of two and this little green foundling is a Mandalorian, you, you better put a helmet on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe not, maybe not. But Ken, you thought that too, right? That the little helmet was yeah. intriguing. Well, we are certainly uh, not the first uh, podcast to mention that without a doubt, but I just felt there were so many other wonderful things to talk about, but even on social media or even just in conversations at bars, 
Durant celebration. I, I felt that wasn't meant as uh, mentioned as much. The tiny yeah. little Mando helmet. Yeah, yeah, and then the, yeah, that big uh, money shot at the end of of the the ship uh, floating yes. above the the ruins of the dome city. You know, it was great that we actually saw the the uh, bombing of Mandalore and seeing that mm-hmm. those cities domes shatter. Uh, that was a really powerful way to end it. And so uh, there's all these fun things and all these real Mandalore specific things, including some. Uh, you know, lines of dialogue from Bo-Katan saying, you know, something along the lines to Din of your cult ran away when Mandalore needed you the most, mm. uh, which is a great uh, contrast right. to Armor sort of uh, complimenting uh, their group for leaving Mandalore. And it's the only reason they survived the purge right. to keep right. the real Mandalore alive. And Bo-Katan's perspective is like, no, you left when we needed you the most. Um, yeah. There, that that great moment where Grogu appears to fall through something to a cave in Bo-Katan greets him by saying your dad's not the only Mandalorian mm. to me it just it really this show started off as the Mandalorian uh this one guy what does that mean why does he not take his helmet off what does that mean and it feels like it is really exploding into the the promise of the premise this um mm. this season that it is about we got the armor. We got Bo-Katan. We got Din confused in the middle. Of, mm-hmm. yeah. I want my helmet back. I want back in my version of Mandalore, but maybe that's not where I should be. The trailer had nothing with the Darksaber, but we know that's on the table. So it feels like everything is just building to this great big question of what does it mean to be Mandalorian? You know, what mm-hmm. is the way? Will the cycle of violence be broken? And how much will Din ultimately be one of the people who is responsible to say, I'm going to choose the creed, not mm. be told what the creed is. This is an opportunity to rebuild what is the creed. Mm. Yeah, what is the creed? It's a great idea. And, and, and I'm not pitting them against each other in a classic, uh, let's have them fight it out. But you get the idea of the armor on one side or, or Bo-Katan on the other side. And, uh, you know, two different takes on the same situation. And, and we got a lot from the armor last year. And and uh, the armor continues to be an intriguing character. We're going to get more. She's got a hammer in her hand and she's ready to hurt people. And <laughs> some of the stuff we saw. Uh, and uh, Emily Swallow was on the panel. Just wonderful. Her joy. She was at one point just kind of leaping for joy when they're showing the trailer. And, and Grogu came out on the panel, which was a highlight as well. So I just love that. Uh, exactly what you're saying, Joseph, of just we have kind of uh, Mando in the middle and uh, these different the ways on each side and <laughs> and as they build it forward. And John, even in, 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 in um, I didn't uh, grab the quote, but uh, in him talking about writing season four, he mentions what you were talking about, Joseph. It was like, yeah, like a lot of shows start a little smaller. He's like, when I was doing the Mando, I could go anywhere and put them anywhere. It was a wide open, uh, you know, uh, story. Now we're getting to specific things and I need to get to, uh, specific answers. And uh, he's having a lot of fun with that. And you can kind of see as the show grows that it's starting to starting to come out that way, starting to emerge this whole bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you're saying about not just pitting people against one another. I think what's so compelling about it is it's characters who have suffered real trauma. And there's this chance to define the new in this classic Star Wars story of will they go to the the just fight because the violence feels easier or will they find another path? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Little great things. You know, obviously, uh, Carl Weathers, uh, Apollo Creed himself, who is just, he just seems like he's both Carl Weathers and Apollo Creed wherever he goes. He was so <laughs> fun on the panel. Uh, he was. Yeah. Uh, it's a hard to upstage uh, uh, Tem and his uh, wonderful uh, traditional haka that he did. But Carl Weathers came close, if there's anyone, I thought, to upstage and anyone there. Um, but also Carson Teva and a cool fighter, like a old, not, not a fighter jacket, like a leather fighter jacket type of a classic uh yeah pilot look uh him th- being there a lot of a lot of cool things like that 
Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I was really blown away. I really love the footage. I, I, my love of Mando has sometimes uh, needed to grow. It's always been there, but uh, it's it's you know I looked to other things first uh, in Star Wars. I have to admit that. And, and Mando just uh, slowly, slowly, even Book of Boba Fett. We'll talk about that in, in, in the larger story. This trailer is is uh, I think I'm most excited for this season of Mando than any other season. So. Mm. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. It feels like it's exploding into a great big huge space saga. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jen, anything else on the trailer that uh, you want to discuss? Yeah, no, I'd love to see the full screen. That's for sure. <laughs> that would be helpful. Because uh, I'm like, wait, I don't remember that moment. Maybe it was on the lower half of the screen. That's why I don't yeah. remember it. Uh, but it does make me think about that Vanity Fair article about talking about initially when uh, John Favreau had his, his idea of the Mandalorian and Dave Filoni had also been working on his idea on the Mandalorian, how the two came together. It kind of does feel like at this point of the story those two ideas seem to be merging and building out this larger world on Mandalorian culture, Mandalorian people. And I am looking forward to it. Yes, indeed. The other part of the panel was this, uh, it was Mando plus everyone was uh, laughing and joking about that title going in and uh, <laughs> uh, not surprising. We got some great reveals and they, they moved to the Ahsoka show, which is uh, being, was being filmed up the road, not too far up in uh, uh, Manhattan beach, San Pedro area of uh, California. Uh, Dave Filoni kept talking about that uh, film and Rosario could not uh, be there on Thursday, but Saturday for the panel, she showed up. Uh, came on out, and then they also introduced Natasha Lou Bordizzo as uh, Sabine. Uh, a confirmation, absolutely, finally, even though that pretty much had just been the, an accepted fact at this point. Great moment. Again, this was when that the Rebels energy of the crowd uh, was there. Uh, so, uh, Jen, your thoughts, too. You, you got to see them uh, on the Star Wars live stage, uh, mm -hmm. but you to see them on this big stage and, and, and the people's love for them. Uh, any, any thoughts on that there? Yeah, oh man, I've been a fan of Rosario, Rosario Dawson for years, uh, but hearing her talk about having watched the Clone Wars and how she would say that she would freeze frame moments of Ahsoka to mm. study her, to get her performance right, to then talk to their fight coordinator and say, can I, how can you help me do this? I want to mm. do that move. And the stunt cord the fight coordinator would say, well, that's animation. We can't do that, but here's something that we can do. She's mm. just the level of commitment. Uh, you know, she understands what, what the legacy of Ahsoka is, and she wants to be able to bring that to life. And I think I mean, I, I rewatched her performance in The Mandalorian and I was like, oh my gosh, that is totally an Ahsoka thing that she did. It was such a small moment. Um, and again, from this teaser footage that that we saw, I, just the way that she kind of gracefully took her her hood off, I was like, wow, that is that is animated Ahsoka brought to life. Mm -hmm. It really blew me away. Um, Natasha Lou Bordizzo, she looks like Sabine, like, I mean, I, I, I was kind of shocking to me just how much mm. she uh, looks like the character. And she, too, is also just so thrilled to be on board. So it's it's just all perfect. It's coming together beautifully. Yeah, <laughs> kind of crazy. And then, uh, Jen, did you say you saw the teaser footage? Is that out there as well? I don't know what's out there on Reddit. I don't know what's out there. In the I world. did. I Thanks oh. to Reddit. I saw the oh. teaser footage. Mm. And the, the whole screen? The It looked like, well, it was crooked. But I got, I got it. And the first thing was, I was like, oh, the back, was that the back of Hera? Like, yeah. are, mm -hmm. are they really just showing that us, showing us that off the bat? I could not believe it. Um, mm -hmm. boo -hoo -hoo. But yeah. That, yeah. That. And there's, yeah, sorry. Yeah, big thing we're going to discuss here in a second here that uh, us and uh, definitely Joseph and Alex Damon 
applauding uh, very loudly for. Uh, but I do want to, you mentioned it, uh, you know, the, the, the care that Rosario Dawson's put into uh, the character, uh, Natasha Lou Borduzzo, uh, you know, at least starting out looking like Sabine and taking the character and making her own. Joseph, we were, we were there, you know, when I thought Falone, like you said up top, did kind of address this. Um, it seemed to almost address it for himself. Like, like he, at one point had a, had to realize this is where they are. He was part of this decision-making process, including, you know, as you know, bringing Rosario in, but he talked about, Hey, you know, it, there's a lot of things that go into building these characters and, and, and they start in animation. There's so many voices and, and creators and animators, and designers, um, but you have to kind of release yourself of the bias and kind of go to this part. And, and now there's two actors, in, in, you know, in, in, taking on these roles and, and building them from here. And it almost seemed like he was, didn't say it, but like uh, I'm reading into it, but just like I had to tell myself that first, even as I t- took these characters, I helped create and I helped mm. build and and let go of that. That seemed to be one of the the themes because these are big characters, but obviously people are going to be very passionate about the the animated versions. You know, I don't and I don't know if I just if I've misread that at all, but I took that from from Dave's talk. That's what I took from his words as best as I can remember, and mm. also just his tone. Um, yeah, it seemed like a I am out here trying to have the Star Wars lesson of I am I am uh, telling fans that I had to let go of some things and listen to some other people and look at some things in some different ways. Mm. Um, obviously, you know, with the voice actors that originated these characters you're such fans of them and ashley Eckstein in particular has been such an ambassador not just of ahsoka but of star wars the impact of her universe alone right yeah it's going to make people love her uh tia sirkar is you know people absolutely love her and then we're out here celebrating and we're all applauding these these new actors who are going to embody these characters and it's hard it's difficult yeah and you know i i haven't uh, Doug to look it up so this is coming from memory but I remember a couple of quotes from Filoni where people are like hey you know when you look at the Rebels voice acting cast these actors all kind of look their, like their characters and he'd answer mm-hmm. like yeah that's interesting isn't it what about that like mm-hmm. in a typical Filoni having fun but you know this is totally on me for guessing or inferring I'm not sharing mm-hmm. any, any fact or, or news drop this is totally me having mm-hmm. an opinion to me, it felt like there was a time in a world where he was still thinking, like, I'm going to move to live action. I would love to do something with these characters and maybe I can bring them all along with me Yeah, uh, with yeah. these actors. And again, I just want to be really clear. I don't have any any facts. I'm interpreting a thing, a cryptic thing he said. Yeah. But with that, uh, it felt like he was kind of saying to the audience, there was a huge part of me that just wanted to dig my my feet into the ground and say, all the voice actors are coming along, period. And that he had to listen to other people and he had to say, like, these aren't just your characters, Dave. They're going to be Star Wars characters. And it's not, there are a million things to consider from age to availability to, you know, chemistry to whatever. He didn't say anything um, um, negative about any of the actors, right? But it was just like, that's what he was really, uh, the main thrust of what he was saying is I think that he, he learned from listening to other people that, there were a million considerations in who is going to physically embody this character right now. Yeah. And I just would like to say, you know, I was one of those fans. I felt very conflicted because I love Ashley so much and she has been such a great ambassador for Star Wars. And it was hard for me at first to accept Rosario Dawson, even though I love Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. But, but what has happened is, and seeing Ashley at celebration this year, seeing Rosario Dawson at celebration they're two different embodiments of this character. They're both being fantastic ambassadors. And I think for me, 
Ashley herself, how gracious she has been. She has continued to be a part of the fan community. She was there this weekend meeting and greeting people there with her universe, there with her Mindful Matters series, which she now has. Like, I think she actually helped me get peace about it because she has peace about it. And mm. I just, I really commend her because I, as an actor, I, I am, I don't mean, I don't know, but I, I would find it to be very difficult if this character that I had brought to life um, was now being portrayed by somebody else. That's hard. That's really yeah. hard, but she is nothing but gracious. And they now are both carrying the torch of Ahsoka and it's really beautiful to see. Yeah, yeah. Ashley Eckstein hosted the the twentieth anniversary of Attack of the Clones panel as well. So oh, that's like, right. There, yes. Yeah, there there was a prominence there, and Theo Carr put out a really nice tweet saying thank you for all of the wonderful messages. Star Wars fans are the best. So there was also mm-hmm. a positivity and forward movement energy there. I thought. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I agree with that. Yeah, it is. Uh, in, in the in the little uh, teaser footage, yes, there was a lot there, and uh, we'll discuss that here uh, before we uh, take a break. Uh, this, um, you know, the, 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 you mentioned it, Jen. I think. Uh, uh, the the big the big headlines of this uh, footage was just seen again. So seeing the live action footage, uh, they're only three weeks into shooting, so it was impressive that they could pull something uh, something important out of it. Uh, the back of what we think is Hera, even StarWars.com and their uh, recap of it said we <laughs> think that's Hera, but with no confirmation. Yeah. Uh, uh, the back of uh, Sabine walking up to the the wall, her art, um, uh, and uh, seeing that in live action, seeing the art, uh, see, basically. Uh, Rebels, seeing Rebels on a wall in live action uh, was mm-hmm. the big drawing card. So we'll start there. Uh, but, uh, Joseph, uh, that was not all. There was mm. perhaps the biggest headline of the day was, of course, your favorite reveal. And, <laughs> and mine as well. But yeah, One of the biggest headlines and one of my other odd screams where I was uh, I, I expected to be wooing with more people, but I, I wooed mostly alone, uh, at least uh, audibly. Uh, other people were obviously very excited. Uh, but a shot of what appears to be Professor Huyang from yeah. the Clone Wars animated series, the Ark, the Gathering, this fascinating character that is an ancient droid that helps uh, the the Jedi younglings build their lightsabers after they've successfully found their kyber crystals on Elam, voiced by David Tennant. And one of those many threads from the Clone Wars were like, that's a fascinating idea that mm. it would be this ancient droid who has yeah. this deep connection to what a lightsaber means and has, you know, the the end of that arc is, you know, he's going to tell a funny story about Yoda yeah. <laughs> yeah. making his crystal, this depth of history. And that question of like, what happened to him? Is that some, a thread we could ever pick up? So yeah. thrilled to see Yang because he's a, he's a favorite character of mine. He's, you know, I would hope that he's going to be voiced by David Tennant, who, you know, Doctor Who and many other things. Yeah. Love him. But then the, the other big thing is is he, along with many other images, to me kind of opened up with the vibe of this short little teaser was, is uh, there's also a shot of Ahsoka, you know, walking through ruins, um, that it had this vibe that what this whole era is about is, you know, and Ahsoka in particular is about reconnection, mm-hmm. about the Rebels family trying to reconnect, about Ahsoka you know, trying to reconnect with the Jedi past. There is a very spiritual feel to the to all the images we saw. And Huyang isn't just a cool character. He is tied into the deep spiritual history of the Jedi. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Those ruins. And you can start going to, we always joke that, you know, how many predictions of Ilum are going to finally come true <laughs> of uh, and Ilum being around during this time, but in a different um 
you know, different state with the empire kind of doing some work that the first order then will uh, pick up here and all that kind of stuff during this time. Uh, actually, by this time, the empire, of course, uh, is uh, not to, not holding on to it there. Um, that's always interesting. But yeah, some of those big things, that feeling of just uh, reconnecting, you you say that, uh, I think that's great. Uh, picking up the pieces where this great picking up the pieces era, you know, mm-hmm. rebuilding things, seeing it across the board there. Um, yeah, just great stuff. Uh, so yeah, Jen, any, any, uh, anything jump out to you from uh, what you saw? From, from what I saw, I was, yeah, like I said, I was so surprised by how much they showed us actually in such a yeah. short amount of filming. It's pretty impressive. Um, and just really seeing these uh, characters bringing to life things that we've seen in the animated series. When I saw that trailer, I heard people cheering for the professor and oh, you must good. know one of the, yeah, yeah. It was like, it was small, but it was mighty. <laughs> um, one last thing I'll say is that Mina Masood, uh, forgive mm-hmm. me for my pronunciation who played aladdin in the live action aladdin movie he actually tweeted um you know i'm sure that he signed an nda we don't know if he's playing ezra but he was like congratulations to all the all the people out there at celebration blah, blah blah it just was like really cheeky and and everyone's like you're ezra just say it you're ezra <laughs> uh, but natasha lou Bordizzo had said that she knew that she was cast for like a year it's been a year that she's known so right. i'm sure all will be revealed soon enough yeah yeah what was it one point joseph in that panel uh john or dave or both joked about uh yeah about uh, two things have been kept back uh grogu <laughs> and luke everything else has pretty much been discovered at some point over the last uh, three to four years in developing all these things. It was a great, I think, Favreau moment where he does feel like the guy you're just having a dinner party with who who's, loves telling stories. Because uh, that was, I think, I think Ash had kind of framed it as like, you know, you know, how challenging is that to keep secrets? He's like, we only ever kept two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, kept, we kept Baby Yoda and Luke, everything else. <laughs> yeah. One of the final things here, we'll take a break unless we'll have a uh, two hour first half of the show here. (laughs) Um, um, uh, Thoughts on this truly connected corner of the Star Wars stories. And I'll start by saying this. Joseph and I were fortunate uh, enough to go to the Mando experience on Sunday. It's the first thing we did on Sunday. And man, it's great. We took a lot of pictures. uh, We're posting them, posted some on the Force Center Instagram page. Um, It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. But Joseph, you you, you right away walked in. You're like, it's just very clear. Ahsoka, Boba Fett, Mando, it is all one corner of the Star Wars story. And they did even address on the panel. But that, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit of just what we got going on. It's a connected corner. It's their corner. It's obviously going to connect to the bigger Star Wars story in its own way, especially with the emotional canon. But uh, the controversy over Book of Boba Fett and, and the title of it and should have been this, should have that. And I even got a little snippy with someone in the Hilton lobby from the news media. <laughs> they were like, ah, they should have done a Boba Fett show about Boba Fett. I said it was about what? Boba Fett. And then I'd left the uh, bar shortly after the exchange. Um, Joseph, uh, but uh, going to the positive side of it, it's just very clear that it's all one chapter of the Star Wars saga. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting discussion of presentation and how much do you want to surprise an audience versus how much do you want to prepare an audience? And I think, you know, maybe we would have had a different conversation if uh, they'd made a bigger deal. They, they had said it kind of off the cuff in a fun way that Book of Boba Fett's kind of Mandalorian season 2.5. But if they had released it as the Mandalorian colon Book of Boba Fett or they released mm. Book of Boba Fett and just one of the press things from the get-go was it's the Book of Boba Fett but you're going to be seeing Din Djarin. If they had led with that, would that have calmed the waters? But I think that's going forward without them being defensive about it. (laughs) The the panel was called Mando Plus, and it featured all the, 
you know, main, main characters from Book of Boba Fett. Uh, it featured Ahsoka. The Mandalorian experience, for anybody who doesn't know, they announced it on Thursday. It was a museum-level uh, sharing of props and costumes, uh, complete with, like, backdrops and sets. It wasn't just, like, here's some costumes in, in little glass containers. Mm. It was a full N1 Starfighter. It was a, you know, moving animatronic uh, Bantha. It was the the beloved astromech drummer from Boba Fett mm-hmm. <laughs> that Ken was very patient as I took a million photos of. <laughs> um, it was a great, great, you know, experience. And um, it was Mando and Book of Boba Fett. And they had a, a series of ships as you walked in models. And one of them was a T-6 shuttle, which looks like the kind of uh, ship that Ahsoka was seen using at the end of Rebels. And it was, but it was a production model for live action. So even there was this hint of, of Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. So I, I, think it, I think going forward, this, this idea to try to um, communicate that, that they're all connected is great. And uh, I think they're connected by timeline, obviously, uh, by creators. By the galactic events, I think they all might kind of uh, lean into discoveries about the state of the First Order, uh, its beginnings. But more than anything, as we're talking about them, I really do feel like they're connected by this theme of uh, this is the New Republic era. This is an era of recovery, rebuilding, reconnecting, returning. You know, Boba's coming out of the Sarlacc and rebuilding something. Din is trying to decide who he wants to be. Ahsoka seems to be reckoning with the Jedi past and trying to move forward. The Rebels family uh, is coming back together again. It's just all a lot about like recovery and rebuilding to me. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, picking up the pieces. I keep going to that. Is that a country song? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Jen, final thoughts on this and, uh, and we'll take a break here. Uh, this, uh, this corner of the Star Wars story. Yeah. You know, I went to the Mandalorian experience as well. And I, oh my gosh, you know, and I, and I, it's funny because I didn't even think about it, but as I'm walking through and I'm like, oh yeah, that's from the book of Boba Fett. Like it just felt so seamless. It Mm -hmm. does feel like it's one big story within this era. Um, So yeah, I mean, I loved the book of Boba Fett, but that's another uh, conversation. Um, And the last thing I'll say about the Mandalorian experience is that it, to me, it just felt so generous of of them to to share that with the fans these props and these these costumes and the models to be able to see that up close like you're saying not behind not just behind a glass i mean these pieces like you could walk up and really look at the level of detail it was truly special and i will say the level of care you know making sure that every everything looked perfect everything looked the way that they they had wanted there there was Mm. He had a John Favreau had very specific ideas of how he wanted this presented. And he was constantly, if there was something that was a little bit off, he was going to make sure that it was taken care of and fixed for the fans to experience it in the best way possible. That to me is just, it's wow. We were really, really lucky to be able to see that. And if you haven't seen it, there's lots of videos and photos that they allowed people to take, which sometimes they don't always do. So that was, that's exciting as well. Yeah, that anim- the fact that Grogu was animatronic in the N1 and banged the, the silver mm-hmm. ball and rotated and uh, waved at people, the, you know, it appeared as though he made eye contact with me. And I was like, this is mind-blowing. <laughs> he <laughs> probably did because there were, there were three operators in a booth. And mm. yes, they had three operators in that booth watching to interact with fans. Like, what? I mean, that is so magical. I, I just was so blown away by that experience. It is the definition of they didn't have to go that hard. You know, that's, that's what I'm it, saying. Yeah. It could have been 10 costumes in a case and some models and people would have been, that's pretty awesome. Yes. It, it does show an absolute 
love of this world and the fans to give them a kind of a next level experience. That makes, you know, not surprised, but makes a lot of sense because I got, I got a great video and I was like, he waved right at me, right (laughs) at me. I believed it. I believed it. Uh, Well, we are going to take a quick break here because there's a lot to get to before we do take that quick break. We're going to have a four center recommends an audio book. We think you you should still try out on us. Uh, Joseph, what do we have today? Yeah, we are still uh, recommending the great book Brotherhood by Mike Chen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit of my con voice that's uh, slipped in. <laughs> uh, Brotherhood by Mike Chen, great story of Anakin and Obi-Wan. will get you in the mood for Kenobi. Absolutely. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free Audiobook. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to get to the Lucasfilm Showcase panel and some extra news. Stick around to Force Center's look back at Star Wars Celebration 2022. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Force Center, the big show, the main show, the strained voices of our Star <laughs> Wars podcast feed. Uh, you know, a lot of screaming, a lot of wooing, a lot of uh, talking loud, uh, safely as you could in bars. So uh, we apologize, but we think you all get it and understand, especially those who were in attendance. Again, shout out to all those who we met, the cool toys. We didn't even really talk about the collections. I mean, I got to witness <laughs> Joseph go on just some wonderful collector binges. Uh, Joseph actually made my dreams come true by picking up uh, the uh, Kenner Emperor's Royal Guard, uh, one of the ones that were out of the package, but it's in pristine uh um, uh, con- uh, condition. I have it in my hands now, Joseph. I ripped it out of the plastic <laughs> when I got home. So thank you, sir, for picking that up. And then Brian Ward, the great Brian Ward. Uh, we spent a lot of time with Brian. He designed so many logos for us and many other shows. Uh, he was gracious and I had uh, spotted a Shmi figure I wanted early and I went back to get it and it was gone. It was the only peg empty on this wall of figures. <laughs> so Brian actually tracked down the versions from the Power of the Force collection to a Shmi figure that I'm going to proudly display here, too. So, Joseph, we might have to do a separate episode for all your adventures, but you got some pretty good stuff, though. Oh, yeah. I got some uh, weird ones that I what didn't even remember existed. And I got some absolute holy grails uh, for me, uh, including Hermie Odal, which is mm. he, he's just uh, if you're if you don't <laughs> off the top of your head, uh, remember who Hermie Odal is. Google him and then imagine the sheer weight of plastic to make that action <laughs> figure uh, that just that huge mound of plastic with a weird lolling tongue is mm. now a part of my little family <laughs> of action great. figures. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. And, and we joke, and Joseph uh, will be the first to say, man, it is, it is, it is something, to, it's something to watch him go around and just <laughs> hunt and peck. And then uh, uh, that what we joked about the the non union equivalent toy from Attack the Clones that he picked up. Uh, you know, <laughs> if you haven't highlighted that on your social yet, Joseph, I think you uh, need to do about a series of videos on that one. There will be many, many TikTok uh, uh, not unboxing videos that I'll be sharing around. I, I got some real winners I'm excited to share. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Jen, did you get a chance? I, I think I saw some that you got for your daughter. Uh, one yeah. of your daughters said that was great. Yeah. I did not get a chance to really look around the floor, um, but I did. We ran to the uh, the Star Wars Celebration shop and mm. it felt like, what is it? You know, Guy Fury's, uh, the, the grocery games or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. ran in there. I was trying to grab anything. I could, there was like shirts all over the place. Um, I ended up getting a, the lightsaber training bat and remote. That has been a big hit <laughs> with my kids and my dog. Um, yeah. I got a frog lady plush, which I had no idea. I was like, I don't know if they're going to even like this and then they started fighting over it uh my two-year-old won <laughs> so now it's she's just going everywhere and hanging out with the with the rest of the the crew and the dolls and stuff um mm. but yeah so that was that was a lot of fun i just wanted to buy everything that's the problem yeah. so it's probably better i didn't walk the floor too much for yeah. for merch yeah, I, I'm probably lucky that I was not able to get into the celebration store, or I would have absolutely made it impossible for Ken to give me a ride home in his car with the amount of stuff. 
<laughs> yeah, we were squeezed into my Mustang, which barely uh, fits my groceries when I go shopping. So when I have to use that, so it was great. But we made it. We made it. Uh, all right, let's get to this Lucasfilm Showcase panel. This was a big one on Thursday. Yeah, and we'll go into a little, uh, not too much detail, but tell the tale of not getting in. But we want to make sure we're clear. Joseph and I aren't complaining that, ah, we didn't get access mm-hmm. and how dare it. Uh, uh, we, there was a little bit of miscommunication on a lot of fronts and, and even beyond the, the media and press on how to get into some of the panels if you had a QR code because you won the lottery or you were in standby. And certainly it's hard to put these things on, not, not, not wagging any fingers at Reed Pop or, uh, you know, Disney or anything. It just was, a, it was a bit much. And, and we felt, um, you know, that a lot of people didn't get to see it because they didn't show the panel on the, the Star Wars live stage, which was a little bit mm. different from the past. There might've been some you know, sponsorship reasons or technically who knows why. Um, but Joseph, we, 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 we did have, as we mentioned up top, we had overcome a little bit of grumpy vibes, um, but it was just, uh, it was a little overwhelming at least that first day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I think it is the hard, the really hard balance we always talk about on the podcast that obviously Star Wars means so much to us because the stories have depth and power and people like John Favreau are, are, you know, and, and Dave Filoni speak about it and are aware of it. But then it's also like, you know, we make the joke, George Lucas didn't start a nonprofit in 1977. <laughs> and there's always that balance between it, it is intended to make money and it is intended uh, to uh, be this wonderful storytelling. And I think something like this, a, a convention getting access to the cool thing is one of those places where there's that, really that tension of like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't want Star Wars to say I can't watch Star Wars right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that is the tension and nobody ever wants anybody to feel uh, excluded. And I think it was a really great opportunity uh, to feel like, oh man, we want to be in there, but hey, this one didn't work out and maybe another one will and be able to just go, well, you know, instead of being grumpy about that, let's just enjoy the joy of being around people and have a sense of fun and a sense of humor about the fact that we didn't get in. It was a really good challenge. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we, we did a good job of, uh, of rising to it, Ken. Uh, yeah, no, uh, we, we both uh, leaned on each other during our times of trouble. No, uh, <laughs> it's hard to also stay down when you need to hit to the floor and you get a floor beer and see toys and get a great panel. A lot of things We're to look at. Yeah. Lucky to be there at all at right all. to be at the the convention at all in any way so. yeah but convention fomo is real i struggle with it i struggle with it from con- panels i don't get into uh the right bar to be into when you know someone's at the hilton someone's at the marriott you just it's it's part of the experience <laughs> um we do want to talk about this panel uh um it was it seemed a lot of fun the opening with the the live the choir uh singing duel of the fates Ends with John Williams coming out, Harrison Ford, all those things, bookend by the, the wonderful music of, of Williams. A really uh, great, fun panel. Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown hosted it and had a different vibe. Everyone kind of standing at points. Was, wasn't the old normal sit-down type of thing. So uh, absolutely loved uh, just seeing the images there. Did, Jen, did you get a chance to take this one in at all? I did not. <laughs> it was like, yeah. I was, I'll, I'll say this, I was backstage and there was, I don't remember what was happening on the Celebration live stage, but the, it seemed like there was just so much excitement. Um, I'd forgotten that the Lucasfilm uh, panel was going on uh, just because mm. it was so thrilling where I was. And so then to to see all this, I was like, holy, I missed out so much. I did mm. not even know that that was happening. Uh, but it does explain explain a lot uh which i'll share maybe next week <laughs> mm, excellent yes, yeah yeah yes. Oh, that's awesome that's awesome highlights for you joseph of the panel yeah uh, yeah yeah no um, i think um I, I did see some clips that have been posted online i think the uh the premiere of the kenobi theme uh from mm-hmm. john williams and that that that's a really that's a really cool way to do it to say we we are we got the breaking news that uh he he wrote a theme it's going to be in the show that, that is you know premiered later that night um but that treat of having uh williams play it 
live for the first time for fans. Uh, that that seemed to me to be a highlight uh, that I enjoyed watching on video and hearing other people tell me about <laughs> yeah. how beautiful it was. Ewan and Hayden being on stage and, you know, it, it was a theme across the weekend where uh, it, it felt like um, uh, Hayden uh, was given so much love that he almost didn't know what to do with it it was like you know if if love is more action figures than fit in ken's car it felt like hayden was like i thank you so much yeah <laughs> uh, I, I i'm gonna go home with you know 800 standing ovations and endless thunderous applause thank you but that that's a beautiful beautiful story yeah it was indeed uh one of the uh, big things to come out of it uh obviously a lot with the kenobi stuff and 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 we did the big uh obi-wan kenobi report so hopefully you all got to catch that episode after you watch the kenobi episodes uh we'll be doing that weekly here of course uh the andor trailer was i i still think my favorite thing to come out of this panel and actually one of my favorite things to come out of this weekend i even watched it again this morning a few times Love the Andor trailer. So quick thoughts. And we are, like I said, up top. We're going to do a deeper dive uh, on a, a later episode this week. Uh, but uh, we just want to mention it here. And uh, Jen, definitely want to get your thoughts after you finally got a chance to see the Andor trailer. I did. I did watch it many times. And this, <laughs> to me, was the highlight. And I, I was not expecting it. I mean, I, I've been looking forward to this series. But after that trailer, listening to uh, Diego Luna, Genevieve O'Reilly, uh, talk about it, it got me even more excited. I really loved how Diego Luna expressed that the story of Andor is about the power of the people, the power a group of people can have to enact change and make an impact. Um I like that from this teaser that they're showing us how the empire is affecting so many different types of people. Like it's affecting all walks of life um, that are being oppressed. They're getting fed up. Um, it feels very timely, like a very important story. Uh, and I, I love the Mon Mothma storyline as well. Mm-hmm. That really surprised me. Um, yeah. I like that. We're getting to, to see this real character to get into her head. That was really, oh man, this was, I forgot that it's like, it's a teaser trailer. Like this is just the mm-hmm. beginning. It was just a little, <laughs> little taste and it felt like it gave us so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should have the, the clip of Count Dooku at the beginning of every, every teaser trailer saying, this is just the beginning. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, can't wait to dive in more. But uh, the idea of, uh, you know, Mothma, which we had known from that Vanity Fair, going to be more in focus and do just some great stuff. Uh, everyone joking and having fun with uh, Moth- Mothma owns more than one you know, style of dress, uh, <laughs> even a different hairstyle. All that stuff was uh, great uh, to see. But just uh, what the show is going to be about, Joseph, is, is, what, is what's got us uh, really excited around these parts. Yeah, absolutely. And that was one of those fun experiences that uh, we had uh, that we wouldn't have had if we were in the panel room as we were in the standby line at that point. And every you, you heard the rustle go through. Everybody's like, the Android trailer's out, Android trailer's out. And then uh, mm. it starts with those distinctive great drums. And you yeah. just kind of heard these tinny drums from everybody's phone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at different uh, points. And, uh, you know, I, at one point, I even I went into a bathroom and from somewhere in the bathroom, I heard those drums. So somebody's in here watching the Andor trailer, um, maybe multitasking. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, my like like Ken said, we'll do do a larger thing. So the biggest picture thought is yeah, everything that was suggested by that Vanity Fair article coming true that we're seeing the perspective of of Cassian and the people on his planet that we're going to get to know well going through the like immediate horrific horror of being oppressed uh, mm-hmm. by the Empire. They're fighting back because they have no choice. And then the great contrast of Mon Mothma, who could probably for her personal benefit ignore this, mm-hmm. is clearly in deep danger. The fact that the um brief shots of her were about that feeling of I am being watched in that fear and that panic. Um, I think 
seeing both the the on the planet um conflict and then even with mothma a little bit more of the the big fancy city espionage mm-hmm. uh, the 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 tension and terror of everybody is in danger always is really fresh and interesting to me in star wars of that espionage kind of danger mm-hmm. and then uh final thing i, I think that trailer I think every everything that every actor and writer has said is blatantly political. I think it's mm-hmm. in a, a Star Wars story where it is appropriate to talk about the politics of it. It, it is an absolutely political story. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. yeah, very much so. Very much, which keeps in a lot of what uh, the vibes of Rogue One, and, and it looks great, and, and, and it just has a great vibe to it. But yeah, you're right. It's uh, I think it's going to be an important story. So we're going to dive in a little bit more. We just want to make sure we got Jen's take on that there. Uh, other news to come out of this, and, and, and I always feel like I'm skipping over stuff. There's so much news, obviously, the last four days. But just, <laughs> we're kind of going to uh, the bigger uh, discussion points. Uh, we got finally got the information, confirmation, uh, more information, anything you want to say. We got the story on Star Wars Skeleton Crew. This is from John Watts and Chris Ford leading the charge. Uh, more people, of course, going to be involved behind the scenes with that one. This is the series starring four kids, but is not a kids show, as I think uh, Filoni and others uh, pointed out. Uh, and that uh, great uh, child actor Jude Law going to be the star, <laughs> the only one confirmed so far. Uh, right. This is going to be set during the the Mando Ahsoka kind of timeline uh, because it was on this panel with kind of Filoni and Favreau up there mentioning it when before Watson and Chris Ford came out. Um, I don't know if that means it's part of this connected and the big event and all that kind of stuff, but it just seems like they're playing in that time period. Um, interesting timeline. Uh, this is uh, four kids out in the galaxy trying to get home uh, as if they uh, uh, maybe lost their way and they're trying to get back and uh, adventures ensue on Star Wars Skeleton Crew. Jennifer, I want to start with you here. We'd known something like this was coming, obviously. We had heard the code word grammar rodeo, but now we know a little bit more. What do you think? Oh, when they showed that concept art, oh, it was so reminiscent of E.T. for me. Mm, um, yeah. You know, I, I think it's by the, the thing that they were saying about it not being a kid's show, even though it's starring four kids, immediately I think of like Stranger Things. Mm. So they're going to get a, a younger audience, certainly teenagers, young adults and of course you know older fans will enjoy it as well but at first i thought that all they showed was a jude law headshot and i'm like that's it yep. okay <laughs> you know but it's like harry potter in space um so but no 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 that i love that concept art i thought that 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 gave a lot mm. and i did enhance 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 to see who who are the kids is there a twilight in there like is that a droid who what, you know what kind of what kind of kids are they i don't think that they're just human kids I'm thinking there might be some alien races there too. Yeah, yeah, no, that was uh, I, uh, some Star Wars uh, hotel uh, bar conversation around uh, what the makeup of the kids will be, and uh, you know, I I keep saying, "Give me a Gungan, I want a Gungan." Oh, yeah. um, but that could be uh, part of the fun there. Yeah, the Jula thing is interesting. He's kind of he kind of looks. The, the, I think it was the headshot they chose. I was like, oh, yeah, he looks like the villain in a kid's story. Right. This this might be, and I would never have thought of that uh, before with him. Uh, but it seems to work. Yeah, uh, Joseph, this is uh, one that uh, yeah, I think we're pretty excited what this could be. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I did I did see a clip of this online this morning of the discussion around this and the great sort of jokey clarification that it is a show starring kids. Star Wars is always about coming of age. It is always uh, for kids up to a certain point, but it is mm-hmm. not a kids show (laughs) Uh, and joking about like, yeah, it's more like Clone Wars. We cut people's heads off in Clone Wars. So who knows? Maybe, maybe at the end of the show, these four kids will cut Jude Law's head off. (laughs) (laughs) And it is very funny that this show is for kids. 
here's a picture of Jude Law looking very serious. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. It's very fun. I, I love the confirmation that it is happening in the New Republic era. I got the vibe that maybe a character we know might show up, especially mm. if they're kind of going from place to place trying to get home. Uh, you know, uh, it, uh, it made me conjure images of like, we end up on this ship and we hit the jump to hyperspace, but we don't know where we're going, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and they just, who knows where they end up, you know, is Carson Teva going to be the one who gets them home? Mm. Who knows? Uh, mm. That's the stuff that I'm really interested in finding out of like, um, is, is Jula the big villain? Is there one main conflict they're getting into? Or are they jumping from place to place to place? Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. It's exciting. Look, I, I'm already excited that this show will do what it probably uh, needs to do, which is, uh, be uh, for the younger generation uh, when the show finally comes out and people around that area, which means in a couple of years when they do the reboot of the, or the sequel of the show or the animated uh, version of it, uh, the, continuing the story, and we'll be at a Star Wars celebration 2026. And uh, this generation of fans will be super excited uh, the way the Rebels fans are now. Absolutely love that. Uh, excited, excited for, um, I, I'm familiar with John Watts, uh, even uh, slightly worked on something with him Years ago, he was, a, he was a prominent commercial director before he moved into what he's doing now. And uh, I've ne- but I'm not familiar with the Spider-Man stuff. But Joseph, it just it, Jennifer, it just seems like that's a good mix and a good the Amblin meets Spider-Man uh, meets younger <laughs> Star Wars story. It just it just kind of makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The Spider-Man uh, movies that he's worked on are very much uh, for all ages, but they are about mm-hmm. that stepping into the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, we have to mention and i don't sounded like it's a burden we have to mention but this was the lucasfilm showcase panel and that title was not a lie uh this was about the lucasfilm studio not just star wars and they i will say seamlessly as best they could worked in these two other big projects under the lucasfilm banner that had people excited and uh uh, going into this panel, Joseph, uh, you know, we could just be honest. We kind of heard some stuff that this might have been happening. And you and I were wondering, like, how's it going to play? This is Star Wars Celebration. Will this curveball uh, miss the strike zone here? And I think, <laughs> I don't know about uh, you, Joseph, we didn't follow up on our own conversations. I think they ended up doing a really good job working Willow and Indiana Jones 5 into the presentation. It certainly seems that way. It certainly seems like people were excited about Willow. I didn't see as much of the the panel, the way they integrated it. I did watch some clips this morning of how they kind of transitioned from uh, John Williams into Harrison Ford. And I think that was a great way to celebrate. Like, yeah, it's it's these legacy uh, people of Lucasfilm who have worked on both properties. It just reminded you how connected they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And anytime you can bring it out, Harrison, it's a plus. Uh, Jen, your thoughts on uh, Willow and Indy showing up there? Yeah, I'm very happy to see Aaron Kellyman, who played Enfys yes. Nesson Solo, being back in another Lucasfilm production. Um, uh, I, you know, it's been a while since I've seen Willow, but when I saw that trailer and hearing the crowd where I was by the fan stage, people were going crazy. I mean, I've never heard, it was so loud. Um, it was amazing, the excitement for Willow and for this story and a continuation of the original story. So I'm excited. It's it's a fantasy show and, I, and I'm excited yeah. to get that to Disney Plus. So yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, and it's coming to November 30th, which is interesting because you're going to be coming off of uh, the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power show, uh, House yeah. of the Dragon. So fantasy fans might need a, a palate cleanser with something a little more uh, <laughs> overtly uh, uh, wondrous and whimsical and, and important as well. A lot of Willow fans out there. This one's going to be set 20 years after the original story. I'm excited that Joanne Whaley's coming back. I uh, loved her as Sorcerer in the, in, the, in the first one. And I recently did see the movie, and I'll say this. It's like it, it, it stands up in terms of the story and the world 
and the the fantasy of it all. It looks a little dated at times, but this is one of those movies that maybe this movie had to walk so other movies could run. Um, hmm. uh, Ron Howard directing it, and I always say, you know, he the solo opening crawl comes from Willow. That's how you, the, the movie kind of begins with a similar kind of crawl. Um, so it has it has an important place in a lot of people's uh, lives and has its own legacy. But I, I think this trailer, not to go into we're not Willow Center here, uh, but I really love the trailer. I really, I pulled it. It looks great. It really yeah. looks fun. It, it looks like it's going to build on things, but also just make it all feel and look better. It's a modern tale, uh, modern uh, version of this of this tale. So I, I, I'm all on board, and it was happy to see uh, see them kind of lean into it a little bit at this convention. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm excited to watch Willow. I've never seen Willow, as I've mentioned before. I saw an mm-hmm. ad for it on television, and I briefly thought it was Star Wars. And then when it was wasn't, I got mad at it. <laughs> and I didn't didn't go to the theater. Never seen it, but I watched. But I want to watch it. And I watched the trailer, and it was really great to just uh, see. Yeah, how much it is just high fantasy. It made watching the trailer made me feel like the first time I cracked open uh, books with dragons and sorcerers. It's so fantasy that I'm excited for that mood. Yeah, great way to describe that. We got a little bit of uh, indie, just one promotional shot. Uh, John Williams played the Raiders March, uh, and Harrison comes on out mostly to to you know pay tribute to John Williams on his uh, occasion of his ninetieth birthday birthday recently. Uh, but just kind of fun, exciting. Love me some Indiana Jones. No secret there. So June uh, was it June thirtieth, two thousand twenty three. I sound like Harrison trying to say it too. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember what comes up, uh, but that's exciting stuff, right? Chad, just to have Harrison there. Oh my gosh. I couldn't believe it. That, that panel was packed with so much. It's just, Mm. it's incredible. Um, and the poster, Ooh, classic indie. And I feel like that's, that's what they're going for. Uh, Matt Mickelson told the Hollywood reporter Mm. recently that, you know, this new movie is trying to capture the spirit of the original two Indiana Jones movies. Mm. So yeah, I thought that was Mm. interesting, but I can't, Mm. I can't wait. It's going to be a good one. Can't wait indeed there. So any thoughts on this panel? Anything I've left off this panel, please, by all means. I can't remember, but uh, went through as much as I could. Uh, Joseph, uh, uh, wrap up on this one. I think the last thing for me is just that I'm very excited for Indiana Jones 5 uh, because I really love Indiana Jones, been rewatching the movies and the young Indiana Jones uh, adventures uh, Mm. television show. And the fascinating thing to me about Indiana Jones in a way that it really ties to Star Wars is that that pulp side of Star Wars that side of that uh, is celebrates genre storytelling and as Indy has marched through time I think whatever in Indiana Jones 5 is the conflict or the MacGuffin is going to have something to say about the genre of pulp (laughs) in that time period and that is going to be a really interesting way into that story and also helps us think about Star Wars of like, why do we get fascinated with certain ideas uh, of stories? So I'm really excited for that. Great stuff there. Moving on a little bit to a roundup of some of the news. Uh, the Bad Batch trailer dropped. The Bad Batch pa- uh, tra- uh, panel was Sunday morning, but Joseph and I were doing the Mando experience. So we uh, did not see that uh, wonderful panel there. A lot of cool things. Uh, this um this trailer is a little teaser. It looks wonderful. They showed a scene in the panel. Uh, a lot of people described it, uh, uh, you know, said it was great, fun, um, action-filled um, uh, look at it. So we're going to take a deep dive uh, more, as I said before. But, Jennifer, uh, you had a chance to uh, spend some time with the Bad Batch trailer. Yes, I did. I watched it a few times. I'm loving it. I love that Omega has grown up. She's even more badass, more confident in her abilities. She has a helmet. Mm, um, helmet, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. And 
I like that the trailer that it starts off by, you know, uh, real, real Perlman's character. I can't remember her mm. name at the moment. Um, saying, you know, you guys don't understand what's going on in the galaxy. The galaxy has changed and you're going to basically have to pick a side. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I like that. And I like that they show the emperor. We're just, we're getting right into it. Yeah. And these missions that they go on, I think are going to have maybe more, they're tying into what's, what's going on with the rebellion, what's going on in the galaxy. And so I'm, I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Some big reveals, Commander Cody. Uh, but uh, the, the the you know the headline was was Gungi. A lot of people talking about Gungi, Joseph. Uh, yeah, this was this whole convention was a victory for the specific Clone Wars arc, the Gathering. It was <laughs> Yang and Gungi. Uh, pe- people have been worried for years what happened to Gungi in Order sixty six. So I was thrilled to see him uh, when we watched the trailer on our, our phones, and thrilled to talk about it in more depth later. But I, I just totally agree with Jennifer. I love that the um, the this whole trailer is uh, framed by Sid's uh, dialogue that is continuing the story of the first uh season but but raising the stakes of our what are what are what is the bad batch doing are we just surviving or is it time to join the rebellion is exactly. it time to help start the rebellion probably not join it but help start it you know yes. and, and that that is the question of the season and it seems like you know if they're ending up in spaces where you know palpatine is there uh, they're going to have to make that choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people excited too. the Republic commandos, uh, you know, the, the, the clone commandos being there, um, uh, showing up a lot of, a lot of cool things. Yeah. And the trailer, I mean, has, um, the music has like a rave vibe. It's, it's a yeah. different tone. Yeah. Uh, Omega's, uh, helmet was one of the big uh, talking points on Sunday around the convention. Did you see <laughs> they gave her some armor? Uh, she, yeah. she looks great. So yeah, a lot of fun. We'll do a deeper dive again here on four center later in the week, uh, but excited. And, and the one thing to notice too, there's, um, bad batch. We love bad batch here and we love what the, what it adds to the story. Uh, but on Sunday, there was just a lot of people. I was overhearing someone as Justin and I were walking back to the convention floor. Some uh, guys next to us just talking about, I got to ride. One guy's like, I got to wrap my bad batch. Got to wrap my bad batch. Uh, so <laughs> I love that. that This show, uh, which is always going to be smaller in terms of coverage, in terms of interest. I get it for a lot of different reasons. Um, the, the live action stuff, the bigger characters, the Ahsoka's, all that stuff. The bad batch um, has has found a nice good spot a spot in the, the hearts of star wars fans and i really love that and i took that out of the, the the panel more than anything yeah absolutely one of the other big reveals was star wars tales of the jedi i put quotations around reveals because it seems like we've known about this one for a while based on different le- leaks scoops uh promotional material put out too early uh so there was a lot of anticipation of, of what this was going to be so tales of jedi um uh, correct me if i'm wrong out there i just i i, I Put the summary uh, as best I could here. Coming fall 2022. We got six uh, shorter episodes, uh, shorter uh, 12 minutes or so. I think uh, obviously going to be uh, very d- uh, in length. They showed the first one there. Three episodes so f- uh, are going to be covering Ahsoka at various points in her life, including when she's a widow baby. And we got <laughs> Janina Gavankar, of course, from uh, Battlefront 2. Is that in Versio? Great performer and actor. Uh, uh, she's going to be playing Ahsoka's mom. And that's going to take us through different parts of Ahsoka's life. Again, younger Ahsoka, Padawan Ahsoka, then um, some stuff that might um, uh, be uh, from around 
maybe some people are already worried in conflict with E.K. Johnston's Ahsoka book, uh, but it could mm. be around that time. And then three covering Dooku, various points in his life, including his relationship with his Padawan Qui-Gon, will be played by Liam Neeson's son. And then Liam Neeson will be back to uh, voice some uh, Qui-Gon as well. And this is uh, Dave F- Filoni described these as tone poems. Hey, we love that phrase around here. Uh, and uh, this was something that he, on a flight back from L.A. back home to the Bay Area, did one of his Dave Doodles on a notepad and thought about this story and wrote the wrote out the first episode and kind of went to Carrie Beck and said, can you do something with this? And she said, if I can find the money, I can. And apparently mm. they did find the money. The style will be a little bit uh, uh, more like the Clone Wars style of animation, just a little bit more modern version of it there. Jennifer, your thoughts on Tales of the Jedi? Yeah, I'm excited to to learn more. I feel like I did not dive into this one. I'm not sure what I was mm-hmm. doing. Uh, but yeah, I did see E.K. Johnston kind of talking about it on on Twitter. And she's really excited. So uh, it makes me really excited. And it also makes me want to read Ahsoka because I have <laughs> not read that novel. So that's on my yeah. list. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, no, it's good. And I, I, yeah, actually, I saw one tweet that was... Uh, Seemed like she was bracing for impact on what people, the conversation that might be around that novel, which mm. she already went through a mm-hmm. round of uh, the retcon of the, the the Siege of Mandalore, that kind of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's a good book. Uh, I really enjoy it. So uh, she has a good handle on Ahsoka, too, just as she does Padme. So love seeing mm-hmm. that. Uh, Joseph, this is exciting stuff. You and I, we love some Dooku around here. Qui-Gon's always great. And Liam Neeson, who says, you know, I only want to do movies if it's Star Wars. It doesn't seem to be the case. <laughs> Uh, and uh, a lot of thoughts, uh, fun stuff here on Ahsoka. So, uh, Joseph, what do you think about Tales of the Jedi? Hey, look, Jedi, tone poem, great. Uh, you, you had me at tone poem and Jedi. <laughs> but I, I love, uh, you know, I think a lot of people had speculated that this was going to be just kind of all over uh, the era, right? That here, mm-hmm. Hey, here's one about Avar Chris. Hey, here's one about uh, Luke. Here's one, you know, in the, here's Kit Fisto. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of excited that it is focusing on you know, uh, Filoni's continuing mission to flesh out ideas, moments in in characters that mm-hmm. we know from the prequel era, from the Clone Wars era. It, it feels a little bit like I will finish what George and I started. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and to me, it's extremely exciting because if this season is successful, th- it would be great then to have a season three that is the High Republic or a yeah. season four that is six short little tone poems about Luke and Ben Solo at different moments in their yep. relationship. Like yep. it feels like we should, we should embrace this one because it could lead into, this is a great place to tell, you know, little mm-hmm. stories and to tell stories where maybe actors could, could commit to this scope of story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really, really excited uh, about that. Uh, always excited um, for more Ahsoka stuff. And the Dooku stuff I'm really excited for. We've got a couple of those audiobooks. Uh, but I think the fact that Filoni is always so interested in what is being passed on in the training lineage from Yoda to Dooku to Qui-Gon to Obi-Wan to all of the Skywalkers, yeah. uh, the fact that maybe he wants to do some tone poems about who learned what from who is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and a, and a great point about what could come after this if this works. I just love this kind of stuff. This is this is what the what I think the, the great grand purpose of Disney Plus can be for Star Wars fans or Marvel fans or any other subcategory there, but if just like a place to go and watch all different kinds of Star Wars programming, including the movies, including uh, the TV shows, but also the behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, you just want to put on a, a, a gentle uh, drone footage flying over Haas so you can relax while you do that to there. But also wonderful little short stories like this. Um, yeah, and, and like Jennifer, too, I, I didn't spend a ton of time diving into this. Uh, like I said, we were, we were handling something else, having the Fun Force Center meetup during this. 
Um, been getting a lot of secondhand information. Alex and Molly, pretty excited about it too. And Joseph, didn't, uh, I think it was Molly that told us at lunch yesterday that we got a Terrace Anube sighting in this one? We do. I don't know how old, but I can't wait to see more of my beloved Terrace Anube. I hope he uh, whips out the old lightsaber cane. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Jennifer, any final thoughts on Tales of the Jedi? Uh, what do you think? Actually, I'll ask you a direct question, Jennifer. What do you think about the family, Neeson, <laughs> Liam Neeson and family coming into this? I love it. I love it. And didn't uh, Ewan McGregor's daughter make an appearance in Kenobi as well? Yeah, mm-hmm. she's the Is one selling them drugs. Yep. Yes. It's a family <laughs> affair, Star Wars. That's why we love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Adding to that, uh, everyone was someone's daughter here line. Adding some weight to it there in uh, episode one of Kenobi. Uh, other big uh, news was the second volume of Star Wars Visions is uh, coming as well. Spring 2023. Uh, this is a vision so popular and so well done. And, and we love to hear at Force Center. But I think a lot of people out there have just a great level of passion for Star Wars Vision. So it is returning. A little slight uh, change, though. It's uh, including uh, storytellers from Japan, Spain, India, Chile, South Africa, and more. They really wanted to open up to uh, so many other uh, fine folks out there and so many other cultures and so many other styles of animation uh, to uh, tell their Star Wars vision. So that's kind of uh, exciting. Uh, a little bit of buzz uh, as well on that one there Sunday. Yeah, Joseph? Yeah, yeah. And I'm very, very, I think this was one of the ones that is, is super exciting, but it gets lost in the avalanche. And I think in terms of Disney Plus creating this great uh, Star Wars buffet that you were talking about, Ken, I think it's a great place to just like, let's have fun with the images, with the ideas, with twists on them, and really free ourselves from, you know, any sort of canon discussion. It's just the ideas, the feeling, uh, the visuals as interpreted uh, by all these different artists uh, from around the world that has a, a really great value is being one of the many dishes on the buffet. Many dishes indeed. Jennifer, your thoughts here on Star Wars Visions? Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. That's exactly why I was thrilled to see that we're getting all sorts of uh, storytellers coming to the Star Wars buffet, the Visions buffet. <laughs> um, it's just going to make it even richer and t- hearing you know, different and seeing different people's uh, perspectives from their cultural lens is going to be really beautiful, I think. Yeah, and for me, the, the visions, the value of it is what you both are talking about, but just that, you know, we don't have to worry uh, this can and this and that that everyone can get, get hung up with. And therefore, uh, you can just go so many wonderful places. And then again, the legacy of Star Wars and how it's affected so many people. All those things we see on display at Star Wars Celebration, to be able to uh, see it in a, in a creative project is, is a great, uh, great importance and great value to Star Wars. So that arrives in spring 2023. All right, uh, we're getting closer to the end here. We had some comic news. We got a, like a Yoda miniseries coming. Jody Hauser going to return to that series along with, uh, I think, Charles Soule kind of leading it. Uh, we had a lot of High Republic stuff, uh, but not a not a lot of titles and things like that. It was uh, you know, not a lot of big books announced from Delray or anything like that. A little bit of a difference, but anything that I missed or you want to discuss, uh, Joseph, Jennifer, what do you think? Uh, Jennifer, anything on your list there? I can't think of anything that that we didn't talk about, although I'm sure, you know, things will will come back and I'll say, oh, yeah, I missed that. There just was so much happening. I think at one point I was on the floor surrounded by cosplayers. There were there were literally too many to choose from that I wanted to talk to. I was like, I I, it was overwhelming in the best way, Mm -hmm. overwhelming with the panels, with the news, with the trailers and the, the concept art. Oh my gosh, it just was, you know, it felt like we've been deprived of this Star Wars community for a few years in person. And now here you go. It's like a tidal wave of it, but it was wonderful. So, 
Absolutely. Uh, Joseph, anything uh, left on the table there from you? I think the only other news thing is, I think a big thing for a lot of people is a little bit more information about the uh, the Jedi Survivor video game with Cal Kestis. Oh, that is, um, you're right. <laughs> See, mm. I put together this rundown late last night after getting back. That might have been a mistake on my part, but yes. Uh, no, I mean, there's we, we're, we're already talking longer than we plan to because there's so, so mm. much. Uh, yeah, just uh, I think the, the things that people have been talking about is, you know, there's a time jump. It's set around the same time as Kenobi. There is an in, 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 in unconfirmed Inquisitor, Grand Inquisitor-like figure. A lot of mm. Grand Inquisitor questions floating around. Yes. Um, I, I think it, it, it's really fun to see that a lot of the different kinds of storytelling in different mediums are kind of being bundled around uh, similar time frames uh and and similar issues so it's really fun to see the announcement of this while we're sitting in in some of these same issues is the kenobi show so uh, my main reaction was uh that looks really good i'm there for the video game and i need to start an actual uh piggy bank a puffer piggy bank (laughs) (laughs) a puffer pig piggy bank to buy a playstation 5 uh, is my main reaction to jedi survivor right now yeah, the, the the trailer looked really good. I know Alex is uh, Alex Damon really excited. We had lunch with him and, and Alex and Brian Ward on Sunday before we left, and uh, he was really excited. And I, I'm there. That trailer looks really good. I always make my jokes about the gameplay or how many animals we're going to kill. But honestly, I just really love what they're doing with the story and, and the characters there. So I was excited to see that as well. So, Jen, I know you don't have a lot of time to sit down and play video games these days, but, uh, you know, maybe no. maybe this is the one. Maybe this will be the one. I still want to get into the the Star Wars uh, new Lego game. So, oh, mm. so much to tackle. So in much. In the best way, of course. Yes, so much indeed. All right. I think that does it. I'm catching my breath. Man, Star Wars celebration. <laughs> my voice is cracking, but uh, so many fun things there. So, uh, like I said, later in the week, uh, look for our uh, deeper dives into the Andor and Bad Batch trailers. A lot to discuss there. A lot to get excited for there. Uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi report as we go to episode three which means we're already halfway done through this series. <laughs> uh, you know, you and you and McGregor's out there kind of, you know, not, a, I wouldn't say dropping hints, but just kind of saying, yeah, I'd love to do more seasons. Uh, episodes uh, seven, eight, nine, ten. Let's do them all. So right. who knows? Maybe we'll get some more there. <laughs> all right. I think that is it for this week. Uh, we appreciate you all again, who came up and spoke to us, came up, uh, took time out of your day to say hi to all three of us as we were out and about on uh, the floor and uh, walking to and fro Star Wars Celebration, including there's one fan who did see us leaving Bubba Gump Shrimp because I'm not lying. Oh. I try to eat there every time and I drugged Joseph and Brian Warren and Bubba Gump Shrimp and the uh, fan stopped us and was like, whoa, wait, that's real. You actually, I'm going there because you said it, but you actually are there. Oh so my gosh. a lot of fun. All right. Uh, if you are um, uh, wanting to find us on social media, share your own Star Wars celebration memories. You can do so by finding us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Go to uh, our Instagram and uh, YouTube pages as well if you want to see some content there. Uh, we'll do a live Q&A uh, soon as we uh, uh, branch out uh, a little bit more to YouTube. Facebook page is Force Center podcast, podcast available on ACAST, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. I want to thank you, uh, thank all of you who listened to our Kenobi review and uh, put it a little bit higher in the charts. We're not here to tar- top the charts, but it's always a good thing, uh, and it's fun, and it helps the show grow, so we really appreciate all you listens, and if you're relatively new because of the Kenobi Report, hello, welcome to Force Center. You get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. You can follow me at 
Knapsack or my website, KenNapsack.com. If you're local to SoCal and listening this week, big comedy show June 4th at the Troubadour. Ticket information on my website. Uh, Joseph, Jennifer, uh, uh, you're up now. Uh, Jennifer, what do you got? I am rusty. Man, I am rusty. I need a nap. I need a nap. Someone end this show. Oh, we all need our naps. Um, yes. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Jennifer Landa or on TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138. And next week, I look forward to finally being able to share with a secret mission I was on at Celebration. I will probably post the video this week on my socials. So if you want to see it first, you can follow me there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Excellent. Yeah, so you can follow me on all the social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. I really do have a bounty of beautiful, weird Star Wars action figures uh, that I will be sharing uh, over time. So if you're interested in that, you can follow me at any of those places. I make the videos on TikTok, but I share them on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well. All my other comedy and life adventures with uh, more stuff coming up on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Ken, now is the time of the show where you end it. I'm, I'm done speaking. It's all you. <laughs> That's how it goes. All right. Uh, we will see you all next time. So for all of you that we've met, for all of the wonderful plush toys, action figures, and fun times had, this is and was and will be for Center. See you all next time, friends. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.